Hey, this is David. I'm the host of Real Talk with Ramos, and this is our podcast. Hope this encourages you, hope this empowers you, and this will move you to new levels in your life. Yeah, guys, today we had an amazing midseason moment right now. We want to drop you guys an amazing gem from Brandon Mercado himself. It was dope just to talk to him, just one-on-one, and having him be able to come on air and talk to us a little bit about his personal life, some things about his relationship. But for sure, stay tuned to part two coming out soon. It's going to be dope. Enjoy. Uh, well, hi, everyone. My name is Brandon, uh, Brandon Mercado, and I am a senior at the moment of the recording at uh, SUFTL. Yes, Brandon. Um, you know, let the viewers know, and I mean, why did I say viewers? The listeners know. <laughs> um, what are some of the things that you've been doing um, or things that you may be known for in your senior tenure of uh, time of being here at SUFTL? Um, I say this in the most humble way possible, I guess, right? Um, I'm a leader here. Um, and I don't use that term loosely. Uh, being here at SUFTL, it's an extension site located uh, at the C- uh, CLC, Christian Life Center in Fort Lauderdale. And l- I joke to people, but being serious at the same time, leadership is a second language here that you'll learn, you'll pick up um, if you didn't know another language already on top of that. But yeah, so leadership, we're always learning about it. We're reading about it. Pastor Tom's always preaching about it, you know, not necessarily in the pulpit, but just everywhere he goes, he, he admits it. And uh, you see it in the leadership of the mm-hmm. church, um, and you see it being trickled down. So we read books from John C. Maxwell and from other uh, good, well-known uh, leaders. You know, and there's some other really good books that we read, like uh, Five Dysfunctions of a Team, etc., etc. And then the leadership classes that we take through SEU. And so... I try my hardest to be a person who applies uh, information, you know, I try to be a person that applies what I learn, what I hear in a sermon, what I sing when it comes to worship. If I'm singing a worship song that's acknowledging God to be a way maker and a miracle worker, I really try to walk as if he is, because that is who he is, and to walk in that, um, in, in that belief, in that freedom of it. So I'm seen as a leader um, by, by many. Uh, that's just also part of my personality. Uh, David Ramos and I share a similar <laughs> personality when it comes to 16 personality, uh, Myers-Briggs. We are both the protagonists. Um, as a phenomenal, uplifting <laughs> title for uh, personality. But we tend to be the kind of people who, you know, in a, again, in a humble way, pretty charming people. We just gather, bring crowds. We're inspiring. We're uplifting. And it's not forceful. It's just natural. Um, and so people can tend to look at us for a sense of leadership or direction, um, especially if according to my DISC personality test. Um, I tie, I know this may sound broken and impossible, but I tie with D and S. But it's because I value harmony. I value teamwork and um, just peace so sometimes I have to enforce it when mm. no one else wants to be the leader to help ensure it mm. and I know that sounds super tyrannical so I apologize I promise you I'm not a tyrant um, it's not my first option to let me just walk in the room and take charge it's when I see that there is no leadership or if uh, people are in search of it and they're adult, they're whether they're too insecure or they feel they're not competent enough to lead depending on the situation I'll step up with it so with SUFTL um, I am a team lead, meaning that there are certain students, uh, male students, that I follow up with, see how they're doing spiritually, see how they're doing with classes, just checking up on their day-to-day life. Um, and even if I wasn't a team lead, I would still do that because, again, it's just part of my personality and my being and values. 
Um, and on top of that, I'm a house lead, so or a house point person, which is technically kind of like an RA, and I'm kind of like the male RA too here at the SU Housing, because the housing here are uh, uh, houses, legit houses, right next to the church. It's a neighborhood, so the church owns some of the houses, and um, so we get blessed enough to be living in these you know, pretty decent, pretty good houses um, with all these awesome uh, things. So being there, I just make sure that everyone's abiding by the house rules um, and the campus, uh, you know, again, rules and stuff like that. Uh, I try to be, again, with my personality, I don't try to force them. I try to make sure everyone mm-hmm. understands because my whole life I always asked why, why, why. So I find it to be important to help other people understand the why. So it's just, you know, I do damage control when there's conflict and tension between uh, students uh, male students when they're housing and stuff so it's just because again it's just misunderstandings clashes of personalities and culture so I really try to be that leader who helps leading people to understand each other better help leading people to be more like Christ help leading people to develop a better relationship with Christ um, just again just trying to lead people and that doesn't mean I know everything that does not mean I got my whole life together again I'm still making progress I'm still learning but I'm the kind of person that I'm constantly asking God for wisdom I'm constantly trying to you know seek out my mentors and uh, just my mentors that don't know their mentors because of you listen to their doc you know their uh, podcasts and you read their books but so they're their mentor without even knowing it to, to some people right um, to and really again trying to apply these principles and, and really just challenge them to see uh, how effective are these so yeah yeah I mean for sure I mean Brandon just went with a plethora of um, things that he does here at SUFTL. From everywhere to team lead to house point person to uh, even, I know he didn't touch on this, but the things that he has served in numerous departments throughout the church, throughout the different functions. But I mean, it has been, uh, I know for Brandon, knowing him personally, it has been a long journey for him. So I mean, Brandon, if you could share some of the, um, you could share the story. I mean, you say that we're a protagonist. I mean, hearing your life story, it seems like you were the protagonist in your life story as well. Um, so can you touch on that a little bit for, for our listeners? Yeah, so with the sexy personality, it calling us protagonists, it's just a title, but it's a pretty cool one, boosts your confidence. But uh, <laughs> everyone's the protagonist of their own story, um, okay? Even if you watch, I love storytelling, so even if you watch certain uh, movies or certain shows or read certain books, the good stories make the antagonist the protagonist in their own eyes. You know, they're fighting for whether it be the same cause of different methods, um, you know, such as MLK and the whole Black Panther movement, you know, those two different uh, ways of trying to better the lives of, of black people, you know, uh, and this, this is history. So again, there's certain people that are trying to get to this, they're trying to do the same thing, or let's use a more biblical one, uh, Paul. Uh, who was Saul, well, technically, same name, his name didn't change, whether his Greek name and Hebrew name, I believe. Um, but Saul, or Paul, he was all about God. He was a Jew that loved God, and, you know, he, he was all about it. He was an extremist. So technically, he was just like any other Christian, love God and trying to do what, you know, what was right in the eyes of God. So he heard a heresy, or at least he, what he thought was heresy, and went on a killing spree, and he thought that, you know, justified his actions, right? Uh, a warrior of God. Uh, um, however, because of that love for God, God noticed that, sought him out, humped him down like a heaven hound, and revealed to him, hey, you're, you're kind of doing this the wrong way. <laughs> and uh, with that response, 
he changed the way he did it. So besides trying not to go on that tangent, uh, it has been a long journey. Man, man, man. I feel when I come to SUFTL um, and CLC, I'm in this another dimension, this bubble, because so much happens in so little time. When I go back to Kissimmee, Florida, or I go somewhere else visiting family, I feel like time goes slower. I feel there's not, not saying in a bad way, but like there's not that much productivity. There's not much getting done. And that's not, again, that's not bad because uh, one thing that most uh, ministers tend to do is they break the commandment of breaking the Sabbath. They don't, you know, honor that time to relax, unwind, and develop relationship because um, he at work, work, work. You know, the enemy, if he can't slow you down and stop you, he's going to push you forward until you fall on your face. So with that being said, it has been very busy. There's been a lot that has been going on. I actually went to main campus SCU my first year, my freshman year of college, um, and it was all right. Like the campus is beautiful. I developed phenomenal relationships with people. Some of them still connected a bit uh, to this day. Um, and they, I had, a, by the grace of God, I had some really good influence on people over there. Um, so that was really cool. However, there was just, I don't know, I feel like there was something missing. There was a, there, I feel like there was a big blank spot. You know, I do graphics, so when I notice there's some type of awkward space in a graphic, I try to fill it in appropriately, and I have to tilt my head here and there saying, okay, how do I, how do I make this uh, complement the rest of the graphic? And so again, God just works in mysterious ways sometimes, and... And this was one of the cases, and I haven't had a legit job until then. Like seriously, I've done side jobs, um, Puerto Rican cutting trees, and all that <laughs> stuff, stereotypes or whatever. But um, what happened was I did. I heard about the summer internship at CLC with SUFTL, hundred dollars a week at the time, and I did it. And I felt connected. I felt plugged in. You know, I wasn't really going to a church. I was just going to the chapels at Main Campus SCU. So being part of a church again just felt great. You know, felt awesome. And you know, the people. And I, I was super excited. I was all in, one hundred ten percent in. And it was difficult because at first I was like, I want to make sure I'm doing the God decision because there was some difficulties where certain people were saying things over my life, and they were saying God said it. You know, and for me, I really value God. I really love God. I appreciate him so much, um, and he's been my everything. So I was a fool, and I succumbed to um, when people would sign God at the end of a statement. And I would assume, God, is this really you? And God's like, idiot, like we have a relationship. Don't you recognize my voice? You know, my sheep recognize Mm -hmm. my voice. So you can tell even then I was like the dumb sheep that needed to get his legs broken and brought back um, to, to the pasture. But... I went ahead, did the summer internship. That went. That was actually pretty tough, um, especially when it came to my relationship. But it was very growing. It was. I learned a lot, and it, you know, it was a maturity character thing. Uh, moving forward again, just doing the grind. I served with their cafe early in the morning. I would wake up, be there by six thirty, and just go all the way through to eight something. Did it for like the full week for like months. Uh, first, just out of my own heart, I just knew they needed help, so I went ahead like, yeah, I'm down. And then I realized that it was to uh, fundraise to Israel. So by the grace of God, I didn't have to pay any money out of pocket. It all came out of the fundraising. You know, being a servant of the Lord, he he respected that and honored that, and I was able to go to Israel during my uh, junior year of uh, being an SU. So. Again, transferred over SUFTL, did my first year, and I call SUFTL Christian Boot Camp. 
and I do not use that term loosely. The reason why I call it Christian boot camp is because your your character is you're you're faced with hurdles and you know mud runs and ropes of climbing that you have to do that in, that are going to develop your character. You know you're going to be facing your 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 issues that you have probably buried and hidden under the bed. You're going to face those things. You're going to have to surrender a lot of things before God, surrendering sins that you may have been hiding, surrendering. Um, your right to be offended again your right to be offended you're gonna surrender offense mm-hmm. is you're gonna surrender certain things you were holding on to that god says no like give it to me and i'll give you something better and it's just it's a process man it's a mission i, I, I literally i felt like god was uh forging me and with forging that requires heating it up cooling it down banging it cutting it you know doing all the stuff to it and that's what god was doing to me spiritually he was forging me into the man he needs me to be for the calling he has in store for me because i kind of came in and i expected to have all these opportunities to preach and do all these things because i've been i got rededicated my ninth grade year and i was saved when i was a kid um and when i got rededicated you know i I served in youth ministry and i did first time guest vip and i became the captain of that you know i moved to ushers and i became the captain of that and i was 16 15 years old i'm calling these people up making sure that they're on the friday night for youth ministry you know uh so to serve and i'm praying for them and doing devotionals with them and encourage you know doing all this capacity doing fine arts and preaching in the in the big service on wednesday night um you know and just people just speaking over me there was this one lady at the church she just called me preacher she didn't she didn't call me my first name she just said you're she just said preacher what, how you doing preacher every single time because so many people saw the gift especially my family so it was tough coming over to suftl because certain people at the time thought that wasn't going with where god called me and people put such a high expectation on me and high perspective and it, and it was that weight was was suffocating me um i didn't i don't like it really to this day i understand you know yes god I, i'm chosen for whatever god has called me to do but you know i i i wanted to know that i had the permission to fail mm. at times you know i wanted to have the comfort of knowing that it's okay if i trip and it was hard when i felt like that wasn't something presented to me and through suftl i had multiple you know burnouts um or breakdowns which is kind of common here uh nothing too crazy where i'm throwing stuff but uh more in the sense of really deep introspectiveness the 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 lid broke i shattered through the lid and it was being born again developing my character and it's the god why and you know why'd you make me such a passionate person where i literally told him like you know this is a curse being such a passionate person passionate about things you called me to do and i had to hold on to what he told me was or shared with me through through a through a sermon uh someone else was preaching where they said you know david was called to be king but he wasn't king right away and so understanding the process to it, you know, um, God called Abraham to be the father, you know, father Abraham, but there was a process before he got there. And God tends to do that a lot with us. He says, you're going to do this. And it's like, how in the world? And it's like, well, that's where we're going to find out. And that's how shows are. Again, God's a phenomenal storyteller. So if you look at certain shows, they'll, you know, like I'm a nerd. All right. So don't judge me. I watch anime and all that stuff. So there's a show called My Hero Academia. And it starts off where the guy said, the main character says, and this is the story how I became the number one hero. So you know he's going to get there, but you don't know how. And that's what God does with us. He tells you where you're going to go, where you're going to be, you know, but he doesn't tell you the details in between. And that's something that 
I wanted to know because I always seeking understanding. I'm always trying to under. That's why I love psychology. I want to understand people why they do what they do, why they say what they say. I don't try like making assumptions for multiple reasons. And but with all that being said, because I tend to go on tangents, um, SUFTL being here, it's been more than just the schooling. It's been the practicum, the relationships, the connections, the things people have poured into me and how God has used me to pour into others. And I, the journey involves so much character development. I had to surrender so many things before God and I had to make some scary prayers, you know, involving, you know, relationships and things like that, where again, it's the prayer of God, if this isn't for me, if this isn't part of the plan, then take it. You know, and knowing that he could take it in any moment and uh, being relieved when he didn't take away certain things, obviously. But um, he really tested me many, many times. But it's to forge me because I want to be a father someday. You know, I want to be a grandfather someday. I want to be a youth pastor. I'm calling to youth ministry. So even though I didn't have the opportunity to serve in youth right away, even though I didn't have the opportunity to start preaching right away because I love preaching, I had to trust God and be patient to go through what I needed to go through and the shifts and the transitions and and starting over. This is a different culture. The culture I come from, um, not Puerto Rican culture, but like the culture that I come from where I was growing up, my middle school, high school years, it's different than down here in South Florida. How people react to things are different. And so I would get offended real easily and I would feel like they don't understand. And, and it was hard to submit to authority. But again, by the grace of God, I was able to get through it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That um, amazing story about how during SU and coming over here at CFTL, how that challenged you and how that pushed you. One thing that I really um, popped up in the in my head while you were speaking is that you said you got rededicated at, at ninth grade. Well, how rededication at such a young age? Most people are rededicating their lives to around <laughs> college or senior year after prom. They do something in the hotel and then boom rededication next Sunday senior skip days is like a Monday and they go to church to Sunday it's like oh god yeah and then they stay in church for Monday <laughs> um how would you say that it affected your high school life your family life your um just your whole situation being rededicated that early because I, I believe that what happened in high school kind of paints a p- picture in the backdrop and sets up a little bit of the stage for like sort of like the rest of your life as does college I like but that. um great imagery high, high school is really that um is really when you're getting the people together that's really when you're i mean the people in high school as we know are not not all of them are going to be lifelong friends but those friends that we think are going to be lifelong friends they do change our life for a long time Mm-hmm. So, um, how did that affect you being say so early? All right, so I like how you said that. I like how you emphasized the importance of your teenage years. So, again, into psychology and stuff. Being a child, you're a sponge. Mm-hmm. Uh, being a human, all right, let's backtrack. Humans, we use five senses, all right, if you're blessed with those five senses, uh, to take information and make sense of that information. Okay, and we categorize things and we name things. And when we name things, it's giving it a purpose and a meaning. As a child, you're imitating, you're, you're mimicking, you're trying things out, you're experimenting. A baby, their, t- their taste is such a heightened t- uh, sense that they put stuff in their mouths because they're trying to gather information as much as they really can get. 
you know uh, you're so therefore growing up depending on what you're surrounded with, I believe nature is part of it like you have certain things you gain because of habits because of genetics but then I feel like uh, it's like a video game you create a character it gives you a default so that's like I think the nature aspect of how we're, we're created and then the nurtures the part that influences and changes and molds how you are you can change certain features about yourself some people go as far as changing physical appearances through plastic surgery or even trans, you know transgenderality um, some people even go that far to 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 change certain things that they feel that they need need to be changed right um, so as a child uh, my my parents they were they believed in God quote air quotes right um my mom was catholic again catholic catholicism is now more of a culture rather than a religion or a belief right i'm yeah i'm or same thing with christian nowadays i'm christian right but they don't anyways um with that being said as a kid my mom and dad like they just you know whatever they didn't really talk to me much about god and stuff like that yeah i had a cross again i was puerto rican hispanic you know you walk around with those picture of jesus and all that stuff but I would go outside and hang out. I was a young kid, seven, six, like even at six years, I think. My mom would just let me go outside or do whatever. She said, be back at this time, right? Probably not the best parenting, but then times were different back then. And I didn't have a watch, but somehow I would look at the sky and I would think, it looks like it's eight o'clock. And I would come back and, you know, hit the right time. And so one time, I was around eight, near eight years old. I lived in these townhomes in Colorado. Um, I'm not sure if it, I think it was Aurora, if I'm not mistaken. And there was it was it was winter and this lady was placing um these cards these flyers in the mailboxes and i said you know do you want some help and she said sure you know surprised by me asking and i just helped her out she said hey i want to invite you personally to this event and it was a play at a church it was a calvary church not assemblies guy it was a calvary one uh, it was called uh oh my gosh heritage christian center and it's no longer there i don't know if they relocated or what but it's uh, Heritage Christian Center, and it was a mega church. So I was super excited. I ran home and I told my mom, I put it in the mirror, I said, Mom, we gotta go to this. So my mother and my sister, who's 16 years older than me, um, we went to it. And the cool thing was, before all of this, I would hear a voice when I would go outside speaking to me. And I didn't, you know, I'm a kid, so I'm kind of ignorant, right? I'm gullible, so I'm just talking to the voice, not knowing. And the beauty of all this, right, was when I went to the play and I saw this play was crazy it was a mega church play I, I could have sworn they had camels going down the aisle it was crazy and I found out at the end of this play the voice that I've been hearing was the protagonist of this story that they were showing God himself was speaking to me at such a young age and I was able to hear him uh, Jesus I was able to hear him and um, I was all about this Jesus thing. I was like, all right, this is it. This is my new thing, you know? Yeah, I like my Beyblades. Yeah, I like my Dragon Ball Z, my Sonic, all my all those kid shows and stuff, right? But I was all about this Jesus thing. So I was hardcore into it, went to church every Sunday, loved going. This lady saw my passion was so strong that she bought me these family Bible cards, this thick stack of these cards in this box, and it talked about different events in history uh, of the Bible, talked about animals, talk about books and literature, all this different stuff. And I would read it with my mom at night, study it with her. So again, I was all about it. And my father, when I got baptized with my sister, but uh, later on, my, I actually had some other spiritual encounters. I'm kind of sorry, I keep on, I want to jump to the next part, but I keep on coming back. 
I had some spiritual encounters. Uh, went with my mom to a one of those spiritual services. She felt like I was mature enough to attend it, um, especially because I'm always talking about God, and these people were looking at me like, "Wow, this kid has some wisdom." Um, and so I went, went with my sister. Was looking around. All right, da, 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 holding my sister's hand, and the the person there touched my sister's head, and everyone holding her hands was slain in the spirit. We just fell back, and I so I looked forward, fell back, and once I hit the floor. I bolted out the room, petrified, never been so scared. Still to this day, never been so scared. I was freaking out because I was wondering what in the world happened to me, and I it made no sense. My mind was running a mile a minute, and I talk fast. It's even faster than how fast I'm talking. <laughs> but, like, I was mind blown. They told my mom. They came out. They explained to me. And, again, my passion for God just kept on growing. But through that and some other two natural experiences – my father later on, he, he did construction. He like was working on a house and he fell off a roof and broke his leg. And he wanted to be closer to family. So we moved back to Kissimmee. Uh, well, moved to Kissimmee, all right? Because I was born in Miami. So we moved to Kissimmee because his family was there. Um, and in my middle school years, I kind of, well, before that, as a kid, I kind of grew up as if I was an only child or more as an older brother because my sister has boys. So I was kind of like an older brother to them in a way as much as, you know, more of that than an uncle. But... Um, I kind of grew up as an only child because of the age gap. My sister's 16 years older and my brother's 14. That's crazy. I, I was a surprise. But so being around kids that are family my age was different for me. So 6th, 7th, and 8th grade, I was following my cousins. I hanged out with them all the time. I you know, created awesome memories with them. I tried to do what they do. I had this one cousin named Jonathan. He was one of the oldest ones. And he, when he was doing uh, skateboarding, I picked up the skateboard. When he got the tech deck skateboard thing with the fingers, I got that too. When he wanted to do marker graffiti, you know, with paper, I picked that up too. Like I just, I just wanted to fit in. Like I don't know, it was super subconscious, you know. I just, I just did it. Um, so doing those things, um, I just and my mom was trying to find a church. And she found one. I went to the kids' one. I didn't like it because again, I was it was my fifth grade year when I when I left, and so when I was old, I was old enough to go to the youth group. I didn't want to go, and I refused, and I refused, and I make excuses. And my mom says, "Are you going on a youth on Friday night, or you're going on Sunday?" And so I somehow dodged both, <laughs> not by the grace of God, but um, God, I, I I still talk to God, but you know I cursed, I did this, I did that. You know your kid years again. You you imitate, you learn. Middle school, you're starting to try to find yourself. You're in this awkward stage, right? Especially because you look awkward. I look horrible. <laughs> I don't know why my mom let me outside of the house. But um, in that, I was desperate. I wanted to be in a relationship, and that sounds stupid, right? Eleven, twelve year old want to be in a relationship, but that's kind of nowadays too. People are very lonely, yeah. right? Um, so I went ahead and I was praying and I said, God, I want to be in a relationship, I want to be in a relationship. And he said, he gave me an opportunity. There was this girl, she liked me. She wasn't the best looking girl, um, but I was like, hey, she's not really ugly, so okay, why not? So I went ahead for it and uh, when I told my best friend about it, he lost his crap. He was like, are you serious? Um, and this girl, she, it's crazy. Again, this is eighth grade. Um, she had some like tendencies that I was like kind of shocked you know like why you want to do this why do you want to do that and I'm like no like you don't have to do this you're more than doing this and doing that you know and she's like oh I have a pack like what that's all I know I said well that I'm sorry but those guys that guy and those guys led you the wrong way 
And so just trying to just like let her know like that's you don't have to be that way. We don't have to do things that way was uh, pretty interesting and pretty tough. But and I realized I tried to make it work. I really did. I was thinking, you know, because I wanted to make sure the first girlfriend I got with was the one I was going to marry. That's not the case. I went ahead and I realized this isn't going to work. God help me out. <laughs> he made it easy. Um, yes. Right. He, uh, I was walking home from school one day. And I didn't kiss her or see her all that day. I don't know how I dodged her. I don't know what happened. She asked if I wanted to ride because her mom was, you know, bringing her home. I said, no, it's fine. I'll walk. And uh, she ended up calling me that night crying and saying she's sorry because she accidentally, I don't know how, don't judge her, made out with one of her exes. Yeah, again, don't judge, right? So I just told her, like, I ended it there, you know, because, again, I just didn't love her. And so when it ended, again, super, that was super easy. But like I said, God, why does it still hurt if I didn't love her? And he said, you wanted to know how to be, how it was to be in a relationship? Well, here's the full package. And I was like, oof, all right, I get it. So I, I learned a little bit what heartbreak felt at 12 years old, right? Um, and going after that for the summer, I went to New Mexico where my sister was living and her uh, husband and family and stuff. And the husband was a youth pastor over there. And just looking up to him because he's also like an older, you know, he's like an older brother to me. And I learned a lot. And I was like, man, I got to get my crap together. And so that's really where I also was making poor decisions. And I also noticed I was making poor leadership decisions to my nephews, watching inappropriate things. Nothing too crazy, you know, but just inappropriate like cartoons and stuff, more mature content, what people would say. And I was like, you know what? Like, Brandon, what are you doing? Um, and so I just learned that I needed to get my stuff together and it was a girl too that i started talking to and i was like brandon like again like what are you doing so i made a decision when i came back i'm going to church so i went to the church as soon as i walked into that door this guy his name uh josh fulch a phenomenal guy he's a teacher now uh or more of a super i don't know something in the educational field uh at uh still in kissimmee florida awesome guy and he went ahead he got me connected right off the bat. I, he had me join a ministry to serve in, right? Right then, the VIP ministry. He got me connected to so many people. He had me sign up that same night for the Fusion Conference at the time. Now it's called Rise, Assemblies God's uh, Rise Conference. Had me sign up for Fine Arts, everything. Back to back. First year I went to Fusion. First year I went to Fine Arts. First year I went to Summer Camp. Boom, boom, boom. Serving in ministry. Just literally... God was ready for me to rededicate myself because he had all this stuff for me to do. Got plugged in and I had to start making decisions. And I remember shortly after, or seemed shortly after, where one of the leaders there, he said like, you know, he was like a year or two older than me. His name uh, Joel, awesome guy. He said, you know, man, I remember when you used to come, you used to curse, you like, you cursed a lot, da 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 da. And it's funny because the middle school years of my life, I remember the least... So it's as if I was dead and I came back to life. I was asleep and now I'm aw- you know, awoken because I can barely remember it as if it was a hazy dream, the time that I wasn't fully dedicated walking with God. Mm-hmm. So that's what really got me on track. And in high school, like you said, how it impacts me in my future now was high school, like just as Paul, Paul expresses, we, we, go, we, we go ahead as... Um, yeah, just as Paul expresses that you're, when you're being born again, it's like literally being born again. So it's like being a baby, 
being a teenager, being an adult. So once I hit the adolescent stage of my Christianity, I was a justice freak and I can come off as to be very um, critical and judgmental. I wasn't trying to be. Apparently I wasn't. There was a person that I really inspired because I didn't judge them when they accidentally cursed while working on the VIP team and they messaged me way down the line surprisingly with this big message of appreciation. But in my own eyes, I felt like I was prideful. I was like, why do people still sin? Why do they do this? Why do I thought you can reach a position of where you no longer sin in your life. And someone may, some may argue saying you can attain that. I'm one that so far I believe that's unattainable because if I no longer sin, then therefore I don't really need Jesus, do I? Mm -hmm. um, but it was because of the leaders around me. Those leaders, they, they showed as if it was possible. Most of them, no offense, they were fake. It wasn't that they were sinless, and it wasn't even as if they sinned less. It it was just a facade for the most mm. part. And so I ended up finding myself to be more spiritual, more real, and dedicated than they were. And it threw me off. I was like, you're supposed to lead me. And with the transition of youth pastors, because I've seen my fair share of youth pastors transitioning in and out, the leadership also transitioned in and out. And there's people that you would see, they served with the kids, they served with the youth, right? On fire for God, were committing some crazy acts. And now they're not in the church anymore. And so that was something that really struck a chord in me. And youth ministry was so phenomenal, such an impact on my life. And knowing that at that young age, when I think I was at a camp or fine arts, one of those events, that I was just, I realized my calling to youth ministry. And so what I tell people usually when I'm being called to youth is, I want to be a father to the fatherless. My father's phenomenal. He's a great guy, you know, doing way better now than before. But I learned to hate my father in my middle school and high school years because he didn't give me the affirmation I desired. He wasn't there for me in the way I looked to. And my mother was meeting those things I wanted from my dad. And I disrespectfully didn't appreciate those things until after I was like wow that person that I wanted to believe in me and pour into me my mother did that mm -hmm. and I was so focused on trying to get that from my dad um, you know again God restored so much through so that's another story of itself there's so many stories but ultimately being rededicated and pushing through all those years and serving and gave me so much experience not just for ministry but for life I learned so much I was blessed with different mentors and different opportunities I'm great at grap graphics because of the youth pastor pastor rick martinez he was a graphic designer at the church he taught me some stuff you know i'm, I'm great at what i do because of eric uh eric Cleese christophis pastor eric you know he was a phenomenal leader as i served with him in kids ministry these different pastors for a moment for a season taught me so much i i but the thing was i had to make sure i was teachable mm -hmm. and since i was able to humble myself before god i was able to humble myself before man and able to learn and just be obedient and let God grow me to new heights that I didn't even see were imaginable.